Welcome. This is Corinne Modekaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. In last week's podcast, I started to share a bit about myself with you. And while the show has been around for over 15 years, some of you may have just joined, or maybe you've jumped back and forth through the years. And I know some of you long haulers have been around since a really long time. And what I'm planning to do is over the next several weeks is share a little bit about me. And I invite you to share about you with me. Three ways that we have set up for you to do that is leave an Apple podcast review. Go to Instagram and tag me at Corinne Modekaitis and share this episode and give us three things about you or send us an email at hello at howshereallydoesit.com. We will read it all. My team will forward it to me. I talk a lot about swimming in here. And one of the things that I have found over time is many of my clients that come to me, not all of them, but they have some sort of swimming in their background. Either they like to swim now, their kids swim, they want swam. I just found that recently one of my clients, not only did she swim, but at one point she ran a swim team a long, long time ago. And it's fun. That's like our little connective tissue. So swimming is for me, the backbone of my life. It is something that I started competitively at the age of eight and started swimming. I don't know how old I was when I started swimming before that, but for me, water is my safe place. I'm really comfortable around it. And I also often credit swimming to saving my life. I was an insecure girl and had it not been for the structure, I probably would have headed down a pretty destructive road. So it gave me, it was kind of like the bumper rails of my life of keeping me a little bit more contained and structure so that I wouldn't just fall off. The other thing that swimming provided for me was a place of belonging, especially as a young kid and having a place to belong. And even to this day, you know, the swimming community is so fantastic. We often joke about it because it's not six degrees of separation. It's very, (laughs) very intertwined how well connected everybody in the swimming community is. And it's provided a place of belonging, even at this age of my life. It helps that my family is still all involved in the sport. So therefore, but it is a place of belonging. Now, when I first started out swimming again, there wasn't the self-awareness that I have now. And I don't really remember the initial conversations. I just remember going to Irvington High School in Fremont. My mom had signed me up for swim lessons with the American Red Cross because that's what we did. And I think at one point I went to a swim school before they were really a big deal. I remember this, I was little and there was a swim school in Fremont. It was indoors with a really warm pool and I did some lessons there. So I started swimming and I believe it was because one, my mom didn't know how to swim. She didn't have that opportunity, that privilege, and she thought it was important. And then my dad, who grew up in San Francisco, who swam at 
Flyshacker pool and who swam all over San Francisco, always looking for water, also thought it was really important. So swimming became this, it was a survival skill, as well as part of what my family wanted me to be able to do. And the other reason that wound up even supporting it further is at some point as a kid, I was diagnosed with scoliosis. And the solution the doctor prescribed was to swim. So this kind of this trifecta that allowed me to go there. But I love to be in pools. I love to play in pools. And I was on swim teams. And it wasn't ever like my parents didn't put me on a swim team because it was like, oh, you're going to go to college and get a scholarship. You know, there really wasn't, especially back when I was swimming, that prevalent of a thought model or opportunity, or at least who my parents were hanging out with, especially compared when I compared it to today. But swimming was this place. And going back to the belonging is from the time of being like nine years old, it really was a place of belonging. It was where somebody would see me and say hello. It was a safe place for me to go to day in and day out. And for a shy little girl who likes people, was also really intimidated by people. It was a great place to be with others, but not have to talk. (laughs) where I can put my face in the water and I can also be my introverted self. So swimming was just this fantastic space and belonging was huge. And then it taught me how to create belonging for other people, whether it was other teams that I've led social. When I was in end of high school, college, I was like the social coordinator, but creating the space for people to come together and to build on it being more and more inclusive, the more that I had more awareness of people and things and cultures. So swimming was my belonging place and it taught me so much. Now we're going to talk about the podcast topic of stand with yourself, not against yourself. And there's a key component in there because it's about you belonging to you, you belonging to you, being unconditional with yourself and belonging to yourself, right? When I think about a swim team, there's so much authenticity. Like we show up in the early mornings, no hair, no makeup, right? We're getting in swimsuits. You start to really know, especially as you go through and you get older and you're teenagers and you're having farting contests or whatever, like just more and more of you get shown up. You people tend to really know you. It's a very, in some ways, authentic sport. And there's a sense of belonging, like we can allow ourselves to be different and be accepted. And that's what we also want for ourselves. We want these outside environments to provide that for ourselves. We also need to provide that for ourselves too and belong with ourselves. And that's what standing with yourself is instead of against yourself. Oftentimes when people are mad at us or maybe we failed on something or we messed up at work or, you know, said something that was painful to a loved one, we abandon ourselves. We're like, oh, and we want to hide away from what we did or not own it, not put it in front of us so that we can talk about it. And we beat ourselves up. That's abandoning ourselves, And we need to stop that. We need to belong with ourselves and stand with ourselves. This does not mean being righteous. Standing with yourself is not about not taking on the responsibility of our mistakes. It's about owning our mistakes. 
as well as possibly, and I say this carefully, fixing, because I might have a lot of clients, including myself, who are fixers. So I'm not saying go be a fixer because we tend to do that anyways. But like, if you were responsible for a problem, well, then go and solve that problem, right? And then look at what are improvements you can make for next time. So standing with yourself is really about being compassionate. It's about looking at the whole thing, your whole being, all the different parts of yourself and accepting it, understanding this is where you are. This is a part of you and we're complex in loving all parts of you, right? Even those flawed parts, right? So standing with myself, integrity is my top two value. And I've been somebody that's, I really value in, you know, saying the hard things and speaking when I believe. And there have been times that I will be so mad, so angry and shame, and I'll really dial up that integrity and it becomes righteousness, right? And it becomes morality and I get there and that's a part of myself. And when I first started to see this part of me, I was like, oh no, I'm doing it the wrong way. (laughs) (laughs) which is something I talked about in last week's podcast, but I'm doing it the wrong way. And I'd have the shame or like, I know better. I'm a life coach or I'm a leadership coach. I shouldn't be doing it that way. And let's just add more shame with the shame I already have. But that actually doesn't help the cringing, right? The hiding away, the trying to run from it because it's within you. And when I can look at that and go, oh yeah, what leads me to being righteous? And when I'm righteous, Am I effective? Am I being heard? Am I being listened to? And the more that I could own that and stand with myself, I could look at that and say, oh, what gets me to dial it up to become righteous? And how can I work on staying dialed down so that I can own my voice, speak my truth, and hopefully be heard? (laughs) Notice how I said hopefully, because I also know that people may or may not hear and Oftentimes it may not even have to do with me. It may have to do with their own capacity in the room. It may have to do with the filters that are going on. But as long as I can give my message in a way that can be effective and less costly to me, being righteous is very costly to me. But by sharing my story, owning my story from a place of compassion, less costly to me. So the idea is to stand with yourself and loving all parts of you. And that's when you share your story. When we're sharing it with ourselves, we are making sure that we are somebody who's earned the right to hear our own story, right? The righteousness thing. Nobody goes, oh yes, this is great. I'm a righteous person. Well, maybe there are people, but that's not something that I would be proud of. But when I started to look at that and go, okay, why do I get to that place? What's going on inside of me? Creating that self-awareness is what allowed me to turn down the dial and own my voice and really stand in my true power without having to be unrighteous, where then nobody was really listening. Okay. So, but I have to be on my own list where I can share my story and I can hear it, but I won't hear my story if I'm coming from a place of judgment, sharing your story with yourself. Then you go and share it with other people who've earned the right to hear it. When we can share our story with ourselves, we're not hiding from ourselves. We're standing with ourselves. And then here's what happens. You work on trusting yourself and trusting yourself is so important. I had this happen a couple of times this week where I asked somebody, I asked a client, 
Are you trusting yourself? And they're like, oh yes, I am. And then I said, are you being the most generous to yourself? And one of my clients was taking on the work of one of her direct reports because he wasn't reliable. And she realized by not having boundaries, by not having clear expectations, by not holding him accountable, she wasn't being generous to herself because she was having to do it so that it didn't impact the company. So one of the tools that I use is part of Brene Brown's, it's in her Dare to Lead, it started in Rising Strong, and it's the Braving Acronym. It's the boundaries. Are you clear with what's okay, what's not okay? Reliability. Do you do what you say you're going to do? Accountability. Are you accountable to yourself? Right. And really looking at these elements and checking in with yourself of, okay, where do I maybe break my own trust with myself? Right. Vault. Do you only share your story with people who've earned the right to hear it? Integrity. Are you choosing comfort and ease over doing the hard thing? And is non judgment. Are you staying out of judgment with yourself? Right. When we stand against ourselves, we're actually in judgment of us then that's breaking our own self-trust. G is generosity. Are you being generous to yourself? Generous does not mean, oh dear, that's okay. You don't have to do that. It's not going to matter anyways, but you know, it really did matter, right? Or generosity doesn't mean you don't do your work and you have a Netflix binge (laughs) and then somebody else has to do your work. That's not being generous right? That's hiding away and that's numbing and getting really clear about what those differences are. So that's the braving acronym. It's, again, I said it's in her book, so you can take a look at it. It's really, really helpful as we build our own self-trust with ourselves and looking at it. And part of that is standing with ourselves and not against ourselves. In realizing that it's about us belonging to ourselves, not in the need of somebody else has to validate us or give us permission that we can belong to ourselves, but about us taking our own agency and standing with ourselves and trusting ourselves and owning what we do well, as well as what we can improve. And where did something not happen that we're responsible for? That's owning it. And then what can we do moving forward? Those are much more compassionate questions. All right. I'm looking forward to meeting, learning about you, connecting with you. Leave a podcast review. Tell me three things about you. Tag me on Instagram at Corinne Modokitis. Tell me three things about you or send an email at hello at howshereallydoesit.com. I'm smelling big for you. Hey, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, you'll love my weekly emails. I know you're thinking, Corinne, really? Do I want another email in my overflowing inbox? Yes, you do. Yippee, skippy, you do. These are short. They're sweet. On Fridays, I send out the Friday podcast. It's a great reminder that there's a new show and it comes straight into your inbox of the latest episode. Awesome. You click on it, you go straight because we all need reminders. We have busy full lives. And then on Sundays, I have my Sunday love column. And these are emails I write from the heart. They're filled with love. We need more love. We all do, myself included. These are short emails where you get a quick takeaway so you can incorporate this into your life because people often want to know what to do and how to do it. And maybe sometimes it's a story that you get, or there's like one time I wrote about the 10 ways to practice gratitude and that became such a great tool when one of the readers was struggling in the middle of the night 
because it can be a scary place in our brains in the middle of the night. And she remembered the email that I sent about 10 ways to practice gratitude. And she was able to practice gratitude and fall back asleep. And that was an awesome lesson for her to incorporate into her life. Go to the show notes and there's a link in the show notes where you can sign up and get these emails in your box. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wild.